Do babies have a natural instinct to sleep? Getting a better understanding of what my partner needed and what my children really needed, that's made a huge difference. Yes, yeah. otherwise I can get a little bit overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah, I think lots of parents can relate yeah. to that. You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt. For kids out in the country, extracurricular activities more often than not involve kicking around a footy. But one special program gives kids a chance to sing. Murrumbilla Voices is a program run in rural and regional New South Wales that was established in 2006 by Michelle Leonard. Each year, over 300 students attend a camp where they dance, sing, compose, paint, weave, play drums and learn about the cultural traditions and stories of their landscape. They get to work with professional musicians, Indigenous elders, performers, composers, dancers and visual artists and perform a series of concerts. Over a third of the kids are Indigenous and many more come from remote or disadvantaged backgrounds. Cinema Nippard caught up with the Murrumbilla Voices gang before their performance at TEDx Sydney earlier this year. My name is Peter Thompson. I am one of the ensemble managers with Murrumbilla Voices and I'm affectionately referred to as the Murrumbilla Dad. So each year um, in Term 1, Michelle, myself and Annie and uh, any other musicians that might be around, we go and run free music skills workshops in as many schools that will have us. We usually spend up to three and a half weeks on the road. We can visit up to, you know, a hundred schools. We invite neighbouring schools just to do as many workshops as we can. They're completely free. And for a lot of the kids, it's, you know, about the only chance that they get to be creative or musical or perform. So that's the beginning of our program. That happens every year. At the end of each of those workshops, any of the kids that sort of show a bit of spark or, um, you know, just perhaps um, just spark something in Michelle that she thinks could, could grow more and could use a bit of nurturing, those kids get offered a chance to come to a residential camp in Baradine. Now that happens, there's two camps, one that happens in August and one that happens in September, and that culminates in three, currently we're up to three concerts at Dubbo Regional Theatre and Convention Centre. So on top of that, any tour opportunities or CD recording opportunities that happen throughout the year are also a really big part. And this year's been huge. Once the kids are selected and their parents have confirmed that they want to come, um, we give them learning aids so they can print off or look on, the, look on their emails at Sheet Music. We can give them the recordings to listen to in the lead-up, you know, for the couple of weeks beforehand. But then the real crux of it is we bring them to Sydney and they come together as that particular group for the first time on the first day. So it's a lot of getting to know you on the bus. And it's a long bus ride from Dubbo to Sydney. Um, and we meet at Dubbo at 7.30 in the morning. And a lot of these kids have travelled four or five hours just to get to Dubbo in the morning to get on the bus before they come into Sydney. So there's a lot of getting to know you. We'll generally do a rehearsal on the first night. And then the second day is the first chance to really work. So they get used to singing with each other in that particular group. Um, a lot of them haven't met each other before. A lot of them have never been out of their little towns before. Michelle Leonard is the founder and artistic director of Murrumbilla Voices, and she was awarded the Order of Australia Medal for Services to the Community and Performing Arts in 2017. The crux of it really is making music come alive for them in their own community and in their own space and demystifying this idea that making art music is only an elite thing that happens at the upper echelons of the very best private schools in Sydney. And so... 
In terms of the repertoire, what, yeah, what do you oh, take? It's, it's unashamedly highbrow. Um, it's unashamedly art music. Um, the repertoire is not what you would expect children necessarily to sing. Um, it is in language. It, it comes off the landscape. There is sophistication to it in the, um, in the framing with the instruments, uh, the integration of dance, um, and particularly now with the high school age ensembles, taiko, and um, I suppose also the way that we embed speaking and um, movement as well as this. It's quite an integrated hour and a half concert. So for our audience, they've of course grown with us on this journey from suites of music that were written for the women and the girls and suites of music for the boys and the girls to an hour and a half of all Australian new repertoire every year to sell out audiences. So they've really taken this idea as a cultural normacy now and it's incredibly satisfying because they're taking artistic risks and we're pushing them and as much as they're pushing us to say something that's sophisticated and interesting about the area they live in. Josephine Gibson is a composer and musician based in Sydney. She says that Michelle has a huge focus on music literacy and a unique way to teach the kids to sing. She teaches them uh, you know, straight from the handbook of Guido D'Arezzo, who was the uh, 14th century uh, priest who invented um, the five-line staff um, and invented that for children, for boys in particular, because boys' voices fit in the treble staff and then when boys' voice changed, their voice fits in the bass clef. Um, so she teaches them that, makes sure they know that, and then you know teaches them what every single line means. Uh, so you're te- pointing at your hand now. Yes, so <laughs> I'm pointing at my hand because that's five fingers of the five lines of the treble clef, um, and then each line is a particular letter. Then each space is a letter as well, and it all works up from E to like E F G A B C D E F up to here again, and that's how we. Those are the notes that we use, and you can sort of teach things this way by saying it goes to B, down to A, then down to E, back up. So it's a, yeah, a really handy way, <laughs> literally handy, a way <laughs> uh, of teaching them that. Paint us a picture of what life is like in these rural and regional communities. Oh, look, it hasn't really changed much since when I grew up out there. Um, it's sport and sport and a lot of travelling to get to sport. So what this has done is started a conversation around the word and. It's sport and dance and singing and visual art. And if you've made it to state sport, well, then you make it to your regional representation for Murrumbilla. And then if you're picked to go on tour, well, it's like being on the state rep. And if you're recording, wow, well, that's... You know, that's like getting a Guernsey, you know. So that's, um, that's what it is like now. Certainly a lot of the communities that I've been dealing with in the last 13 years have suffered from um, a lack of opportunity and access to things we take for granted in Sydney. Health, mental health, um, support for um, a variety of addictions. And you couple that with the brain drain, And that's why someone like me, who grew up in that area, was educated outside, spent time overseas and has said, the skills that I have are valuable here in Sydney, but I can also give and share. And so they see that now as someone who's done that and that becomes a path that they think is a possibility for them to travel on. 
and for a lot of the parents, I'm reinforcing you have made a great decision to stay in these communities and you, your education isn't lost and your intellectual capacity is not diminished because you're there. Here, come and join us, become a supervisor, become an artist and share that in this really supportive space. So I've certainly seen that change. Uh, certainly when I was growing up, we did that anyway, um, but then it, it it disappeared or dissipated, and and so this is a it's a replenishment, it's a rebirth. And it also seems to me like watching the trailers for Wide Open Sky, the documentary about Murrumbilla voices, just also the opportunity for boys to sing, and oh, yeah. you know these kind of challenging stereotypes in oh, these places. We're busting it out so hard, um, and look, of these sixty children here today, thirty eight are boys. Uh, we have over 100 boys sopranos in primary school singing. My father, as it, he's 96 now, but apparently he was an extraordinary dancer. So two years ago when he came and saw really when the boys started to really focus on movement, he was absolutely unequivocal in his vocal support to them all, as well as the two male choreographers, that there is no greater sense of your own innate masculinity however you choose to manifest that then making movement and dancing and seeing two men dance beautifully together seeing a man and a woman dance together beautifully um making uh, your body an instrument that is um through the floor and and being light on your feet this is something to celebrate uh rather than to diminish so that is one of life's great joys, watching that cultural shift and also reminding some of the parents and the grandparents that in most countries in the world it is normal for boys and girls to sing as a treble and that your masculinity is not determined by your voice type and as you, your voice changes because your body changes, we support and encourage you to sing through all of that and your growing sense of self so a lot of the um, artists that I work with, particularly the men, they can sing right through their range. So they can sing as high as the sopranos and as low as the basses to show the boys and the women and to keep these conversations going about what is normal and what, what you're capable of doing to express yourself. I just like how you can be so free while you sing. When I sing, I find that I'm happy and like if I'm sad, I just sing or if I'm alone, I sing. I like how it just helps us get out of a different mood. Like if we're in a sad mood, when you start to sing or listen to some music, it actually helps. It just feels like I'm in my own part of the world and I can let go of everything and just start singing. It just blocks out all the issues and makes you focus on the one thing and just helps you have fun. How does it feel after you finish? Amazing, because like you're like, oh my gosh, I just did that. <laughs> yeah. It feels awesome. Mm. 
and you're really pumped after it and before you're like nervous before and after after it you're pumped Despite their nerves at getting on stage, Michelle believes in the Murrumbilla kids and this kind of positive expectation can't be underestimated. It has been put to me that if you can perform in a mission-critical, tight deadline environment, then you will have no problem at all standing up and looking someone in the eye for a job interview, for whatever you choose to do that all the skills of the analytical skills, uh, the um, ability to take yourself and back yourself with resilience into a situation that you're not necessarily comfortable within, within, and that could be a performance in in any context um, or a public speaking situation, if you do that and you learn those skills as a child, that is going to have an incredible halo effect because your internal dialogue says, I'm capable. I can do this, and you've been able to benchmark it at a time where um, society perhaps wanted to diminish your capacity or your voice. And so we're literally and metaphorically giving children a very large voice to say, we are capable of more than what you think, and we are delighted to shine and show you that capacity. I just love seeing the growth of the kids and I had a child that came in year three who was just this little tiny poppet that was, you know, nervous, oh, doesn't participate in team sport, doesn't do this, doesn't do that. Every year this child has just grown and now has blossomed into, she's still in the program, into the most magnificent young lady. That's Murrumbilla mum and the ensemble coordinator, Annie Beryl, who's been part of this project since the beginning and she loves seeing the kids develop. A young boy with autism took part in the program and when he came back, his mum was astounded at how much he'd grown. She said, you have given me this child that now walks through walls. He has just... There was no issue. There was no problem with what happened. She said, he has now grown in confidence and now is just this totally person will participate, will do... So for me, it's the life skills that these kids get out of it. I've only been in this role for two years, but it still surprises me how often... Um, will bring kids from the bush into Sydney and they will experience things for the first time. Quite often it's the first time they've seen the Harbour Bridge or driven over the Harbour Bridge. We generally stay at Manly because Royal Far West is a great partner of ours and they help us with the accommodation. Being on the beach, seeing the ocean, seeing the sand, seeing the sunrise over the horizon, these are some of the things that these kids have experienced for the very first time. We had a child yesterday who had his first ride in an elevator ever. Um, He was a little bit tentative at first, he wanted to know if there was a set of stairs Um, but as you can imagine his second ride in an elevator was much more enjoyable and he wanted everyone in the building to come and join him. So whether it's the first time that they've put their toes in the sand or touched the ocean um, there's a lot more than just singing and uh, being a part of this choir that the kids get out of each trip when they come to Sydney. And with all this talk of Sydney, let's get back to the performance at TEDx Sydney where Murrumbilla Voices performed a piece called Guya, which is the Y1 word for fish. The piece is based on the heritage-listed Brewarrina fish traps created by Australia's First Nations people and is arguably the oldest man-made structure on Earth. Composer Josephine Gibson describes how the piece came about. We sort of spent a good afternoon just sitting down on the banks of the river, looking at the fish traps and watching the water wash over it. It was all very uh, meditative and made us think very 
deep thoughts about how long society has been here and um, how under-recognised it is um, as having been such. Uh, and I was looking for looking to write a piece that was energetic and hopeful. Um, and so when we were talking to Mel, who was our, our language consultant out there, she's a woman who lives in Barona and she works in a primary school and does a lot of language stuff. Uh, she's awesome. <laughs> she gave us um, a lot of words. Like we sort of told her our concept and she said, okay, well, we, th- we might be looking for words uh, for fish and for stones and for um, words that mean energy and fast and keeping on moving. And we sort of got to a concept where she would love to communicate that we don't want to get stuck ever. So the kids, they don't want to get stuck in the fish traps. They want to keep moving through. Um, and it turned into a broader metaphor for we don't want to you know, get thing, let things in life get us down. We don't want, uh, well, not get us down. Things can get us down, but <laughs> they shouldn't become obstacles and we should just keep moving through it, dancing through it however we can. That was Guya, performed by Murambilla Voices at TEDx Sydney. To find out more about this inspiring project, head to the Kindling website. You've been listening to Kindling Conversation. If you enjoyed it, there's plenty more where that came from. Find other stories and interviews at our website. Just head to kindling.com.au.